0: Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at
1: MathWorks.com. I used the app just this morning, take Rob's advice, and download it. You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering, restricting guns. Making community college free for all. Expanding access to child care. Those are some of the items on Massachusetts Senate President Karen Spilka's to-do list this year. It's an ambitious agenda, especially as the state faces about a billion-dollar shortfall, and the legislature was, as the Boston Globe reported, unusually unproductive last year. Senate President Spilka sat down with us yesterday afternoon from our studio at the State House to talk about her plans for the year, and I asked her if she has a theme for this second year of the legislative session.
0: I believe the Senate, at least even the last couple of years, and looking forward the next couple of years, has focused on doubling down on policies and legislation that helps make Massachusetts more affordable, competitive, and equitable. And we're trying to help expand and shore up our middle class here in Massachusetts.
1: So with that in mind, affordable, competitive, equitable, expanding the middle class, um, what is unfinished business that as the Senate president you think has to get done this year? What can the people of Massachusetts plan on from the legislature?
0: There's like three or four top priorities. And then there's certainly other things that we'll be working on. But we will focus on early education and care, reforming early education and care. The cost of child care is still way too high in Massachusetts, putting it out of reach for so many families. We need to make sure that people who want to work, who want to go back to work, particularly our women who dropped out during COVID, that they are able to work because they have affordable, accessible child care. And right now, that's that's not possible for so many families. We passed a reform bill last session. We'll pick up on that and improve on it, helping our providers be more stable so that there are places for families, working families, to bring their children. We'll make it more affordable for families so that they can afford it and go back to work. And we will uh, increase the salaries of the workers to make it more of a living salary.
1: Let's pause there, uh, Senate President Spilka. And so I'll note, you know, I've paused you in a list, so I promise we'll come back to the list. But to stay on that for a second, last week we spoke with Evan Horowitz, who's at the Center for State Policy Analysis at Tufts University, When we were wondering whether the sixth month in a row Massachusetts was going to fall short on its revenues, which it then did. And of course, on Monday, uh, the Healy administration announced, you know, just shy of uh, $400 million in cuts and $600 million in other measures to, you know, for savings. At the time, he said one of the things that he was concerned wasn't going to be able to happen as a result of that was actually the legislature's agenda around child care. So let's talk about that for a second. There is a you know, billion-dollar shortfall uh, and new spending that's happening and new tax cuts happening this year, You know the emergency shelter spending, et cetera. How do you get that done given the financial picture that we're facing?
0: I look at it, prior chair Ways and Means, uh, now a Senate president, being in the legislature a number of years. It's always been cyclical. There are years that it goes up and years that it stabilizes, years it goes down. It doesn't mean, though, that we take our eye off of our goals. Sometimes, just like when we implemented the K-12 funding formula, the Student Opportunity Act, you phase it in. You may not be able to do it all in one fell swoop. So you break it down and you phase it in, but you keep moving forward. And so if that is necessary, and and I don't have a crystal ball, I don't know what the next few months, let alone years, will be. I have listened and spoken to a lot of folks that just really focus on the economy It doesn't look like, and I hope what they say is accurate, that we're not going to go into a major recession here, sort of a slowing down. The state had a lot of money from the federal government to help us recover from ARPA, and we now also have the fair share funding, which we estimate will be at least a billion dollars a year. Half of that will go to education, half of that will go to transportation. Some might know that as the
1: millionaire's tax, which is now in effect. Yes,
0: and that was voted by the people at a ballot initiative, and... That will uh, give us the opportunity to continue to implement some of our priorities and initiate some new ones. So let's take
1: you back to that list of priorities then. You gave us early education and care. You said there were you know, three or four. So what are your other couple of top priorities that you think the people of Massachusetts can rely on the legislature for this year?
0: Well, I said this a year ago an inauguration when this session first started, and we've started implementing it through the budget, free community college. We implemented free for over 25, so folks who either dropped out of community college or didn't think they could ever afford to go or weren't you know material for college, they have an opportunity to come back, to go to college, go to ha- public higher ed, if that's what they want. We have a workforce shortage in so many different areas, and our community colleges are the best avenue to start getting back into the workforce. Senate added free community college for aspiring nurses. We have a severe nursing shortage. I'm hearing, in fact, I was at Mass Bay Community College. Their enrollment has gone up about 30% over last year with the free community college over 25 between that and our tuition equity, we are getting a lot more students into filling the seats at, at our public higher education. Are you looking so to expand we work-
1: that then?
0: Yes, I am working and I'm hoping that starting in the fall of 2024, we have a free community college for our residents who want it. So I'll jump in so here, ha-
1: just mindful, and I mean no disrespect, but your team has told us that you're on a limited That's schedule. Okay. So I'll jump That's in. Okay. Guns. At the end of the year, you and I had spoken, and you, you had expressed optimism about uh, moving forward with gun legislation. We know the House passed their yes. version Um, I know the Senate is working on a version. I know they're relatively separate, sort of in their consideration, and I know it's controversial. So, uh, you know, how optimistic are you that by the end of the year there is legislation passed and signed by Governor Healy, especially given that a hallmark piece of Massachusetts gun policy was overturned by the the, the United States Supreme Court de facto when it looked at a, a New York case that essentially affected us here in the Commonwealth as well?
0: I am very optimistic about getting something to the governor's desk before this session is over. Yes, the House did their version, and like any other bill or any other topic, the Senate does its own version of a bill, and vice versa. When we do a bill first, then the House takes up and does their own version. It goes to conference committee to hash out the differences. We have been working on it. Uh, Majority Leader Cream has been working on it, meeting with all senators, stakeholders. All senators have had input into this topic, and we are on track to release a bill by the end of the month and, and take it up very shortly thereafter. I believe that that's what will happen. So uh, there will be some overlap. We're looking at things like ghost guns and the red flag law that we passed a while back, um, making some of these things stronger, better data collection, and just some some other areas. And uh, once we finish our bill, we'll hash out the differences with the House and get a final version to the governor.
1: Um, One other area that I'm curious about, you've been working with the governor or or sort of alongside the governor on looking at using interest from the state's rainy day fund, which is generating some good interest to make the state more competitive. One of the, you know, the theme that you can't, you know. Competition, equity, growing the middle class. Uh, when Governor Healy announced her strategy on Monday for dealing with the revenue shortfall, um, she talked about using that same money to help fill the gap. So for, I, I'm assuming so that there would be fewer cuts. What does that do then to the, the legislation that the Senate passed and to what the governor has wanted to do, which is use that same money, that interest income, in order to create matching funds that make us more attractive when we're applying for federal grants. That seems like a bit of a a crash of or, you know, a conflict
0: of uh, aspirations. I honestly uh, am not certain that it's a conflict. Uh, this is, this bill is, we're, we're taking it up on Thursday. This is in, you know, consultation with the governor and, and a- administration and finance. It makes sense. We have such a, a very healthy rainy day fund now. It's I think over eight billion dollars, uh, and when it starts raining, believe me, we will need it. Uh, it will not cover everything that that people want to be covered. So I'm glad we, you know, since I've been chairways and means, uh, really, it's been a top priority to build that up as much as we can. And the rating agencies are very happy with our rainy day fund. So, we get interest in it, and in the past, that interest has just gone right back into the rainy day fund. Since we have, you know, generally they say about 10% of your budget, we have more of that, more than that in our rainy day fund. So, it makes sense, particularly since the Biden administration has gotten past several bills uh, where we have the possibility of getting good amounts of federal grant revenues but most of them need state matching, some sort of matching funds to to be able to be eligible. So this would uh, make it so that we don't have to take that matching amount, matching funds out of our uh, operational money or any other way. We put it into a separate account to be able to to match and, and be eligible for what potentially is a lot of state revenue. And if that dries up, we put a provision in, in the language. If that doesn't exist anymore, you know, because t- these bills will, if passed, will be in effect for, you know, decades to come, then it, then it can be used for a few alternatives uh, like what you were talking about. But for right now, the primary goal would be to use that money for uh, matching federal dollars, and it's anticipated that we could build up up to you know seven hundred million dollars, which again would make us Massachusetts would put us in a really good place to get a lot of federal dollars.
1: So we have about half a minute left with you before you have to go, uh, Senate President Spilka. What you do is hard. Uh, legislating is hard. Serving the people is hard. I got to believe something's got you charged up for twenty twenty four personally. What's got
0: you most charged up to do this job? You know, I started out as a social worker. I grew up in a family. My sister had Down syndrome. She passed away a few years ago from early Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. My father had uh, mental health issues, so there was trauma in my family. To be in a job that I believe continues my work, doing almost social work, helping people, that's the bottom line of what I see this job is, it's the most rewarding job I've ever had in my life, to be able to help constituents, sometimes on a one-by-one basis, sometimes you know, family by family, but then p- helping people, like passing major mental health reform last session, that will help thousands of, of residents give them free mental health assessments, like they get free physical assessments helping fund our student education, changing the K-12 funding so that all students will get adequate funding, no matter what zip code they live in. Uh, that it, things like that are just, it, it's an amazing opportunity to help people. Uh, and that's what charges me up, because I never know what the day brings.
1: Massachusetts Senate President Karen Spilka joined us yesterday from our studio at the State House. WBUR State Politics uh, reporter, State House reporter Walter Wuthman joins us now. Walt, welcome. Hey, thank you. So I know you were listening to that, and um, we'll pick up on a couple of things that actually happened in the news since we spoke with her, but first reactions.
2: I, I found that last answer um, really interesting. You know, Senate President Spilka is very influential powerful person within the state legislature and as you can hear very businesslike but you kind of got to some of the motivations of the work and hearing about her family and and viewing you know, legislating like social work. I, I, I thought that was fascinating.
1: So um, yesterday, uh, later, uh, the the Speaker of the House, Ron Mariano, who we have also invited to join us here at the beginning of the year on Radio Boston, uh, expressed some concern about the revenue shortfalls and how that might affect funding on things like the emergency shelter system. I did not hear that level of concern from Karen Spilka. So let me ask you what you heard, what you were hearing, and your reactions to that.
2: Yeah, very different tone. You know, you asked about this billion-dollar budget shortfall um, and all of the state financial headwinds that we are facing. And her perspective was, hey, I've been here a long time. I know that revenue is cyclical. It doesn't mean that we take our eye off of our goals. Um, that's very different than what Mariano was saying just yesterday to reporters out in the hallway that, you know, with the shortfall, it becomes harder and harder to support social services programs like um, like the emergency shelters, which are now... You know, at at capacity.
1: So, what does that do then to something like uh, Senate President Spilka's priority for childcare, which we talked about at the beginning of that conversation? And I said, listen, is that a threat? Uh, You know, could it be on the cutting room floor because of shortfalls?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it means they have to negotiate. Um, So, right after the interview yesterday, uh, this report came out uh, from the Boston Consulting Group that was sort of quantifying how much that free community college plan she was talking about yeah. would would cost. Uh, and they put a number to it, which is $170 million a year. Clearly, this is something that Senate President Spilka thinks is doable annually, that she's going to fight for. That's a major priority for um, her body. But we'll see if it's a priority in the House as well.
1: So, well, that's an important point. Because this legislature, um, the, the reputation has been that the Speaker and the Senate President don't always see eye to eye and that that can affect outcomes. Will that be important this year, given these other sort of exogenous or outside tensions?
2: I think it's going to be more important than ever. Um, there's this budget shortfall, which was not anticipated. There's these rising costs of other unanticipating things like the emergency shelter system. There's the new budget coming down the pike. And then against that backdrop, you know, you have Speaker Mariano, Senate President Spilka, and Governor Maura They have not been holding their regular Leadership meetings. Um, I was reading the last one was back in November.
1: I didn't realize that
2: it was in November. You know, so these are semi-regular. They're not. It's not always on the calendar, but it means that they haven't, you know, formally sat around the table and really talked about this stuff in in over two months.
1: So um, one of the things that you reported towards the end of the last year, well, that struck me was that it was it took longer to close last year's budget than it has for the Massachusetts legislature since. Uh, likely 1995. Um, there, you know, there's been push on this legislature that they've been slow, they've been unproductive. Um, the Senate President has pushed back and said, "Look at the quality. Look what we've gotten done in budgets." Um, thoughts about that and how that impacts this year?
2: It's a really fair criticism. Um, and then their, you know, their defense is, "Hey, the the session is two years. We're entering the back half. Historically, this is." When things ramp up, there's a key February deadline to report things out of committee. And then they will pass a bunch of stuff by July 31st uh, when it all ends.
1: So the other thing very much on my mind and part of the reason to talk with you specifically, Walt Whitman, and we're speaking with WBR's Walt Whitman after having spoken with Senate President Karen Spilka at the beginning of 24 to understand her priorities. We talked about this gun legislation. Um, This is a hot point for all the I, I don't even even explain why gun legislation is a hot point. But what's extra is the differences, I think, between the House and the Senate, given everything else we just laid out. And I know it's something that you've watched. So, um, you know, I asked the Senate president, do you remain optimistic that a bill happens and gets signed? She said yes. I asked her a couple of times, what can the people of Massachusetts count on the legislature for this year? Um, what will you watch for on gun legislation as things unfold? They're, you know they, they, she says the Senate's version comes out before the end of January,
2: right. So I'm very curious to read that uh, when it comes out. Um, you know, you were you were asking about what might be in it. And I, I think she did give some clues. You know, she she listed areas of agreement, you know, ghost guns, which are unregistered manufactured at home weapons, the red flag law, which is, you know, the ability to take weapons from someone who might be a threat to themselves or others, collecting data. She did not mention, you know, this limit on where guns can be carried, which was a really major piece of the House bill. That means you can't bring a gun into like a voting place or other government buildings. She didn't mention that. Did she not get there in her list? Or is that a major contention? You know, clearly there are going to be differences here. Um, The question is, are those differences going to stop this from passing?
1: All right. WBUR's Walter Withman, we will follow that with you as it goes forward. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Stay with us. Coming up. What does it take to build a culture of transit? That's next. I'm Anna Deering. You're listening to Radio Boston.